1: You need to know exactly where your food's coming from.
0: That's the, the clientele that write the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ear to the ground essentially and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that provenance, that, that ability to not just know where something came from, but to really know the, the ins and outs of how it was raised mm. is really important. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Capital Cookbook 3 podcast. This is the Quicksand Food Connection. My name's Stephen Postuma. Today I speak with Alex O'Brien, the head chef of the Boathouse by the Lake. The Boathouse is an institution in Canberra. It's got one of the best positions on Lake Burley Griffin and it's one of Canberra's favorite places for weddings and events. They've also got a fantastic a la carte and degustation menu and always serving high quality seasonal produce driven fine dining food. Alex has some great insights into what he does as the head chef there and I really enjoyed talking to him. So I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Alex O'Brien from The Boathouse by the Lake. Thanks so much for giving us these great recipes, three awesome recipes from The Boathouse by the Lake here. And it's a weird Canberra day because it's been pissing down rain and then the sun comes out again and there's pissing down rain again and now like you've got going to have this epic sunset this afternoon yeah. we'll which is pretty typical of this area yeah. yeah which is cool like and it must be awesome for the patrons as well um, to get to sit out here and enjoy this like whether it's functions weddings or uh, whatever yeah. it's a pretty unique setting yeah, well it is a, a very unique real setting real nice spot yeah so good. Yeah, I guess the business is, the business is multifaceted um, to suit the position that it's in. But um, as I asked you earlier, when when you first sort of took on the head chef position here, like what was that conversation with
1: yourself and John and the owners like? How did they... Well, I think it's sort of just we have more grown together, sort of. We sort of started out trying lots of new things. I think trying to be overcomplicated. Yeah. And as we've sort of found what we want to do, how we want to plate our food, we're just sort of making it simpler and simpler and trying to keep the, the flavors pure, um, just using the best ingredients we can get our hands on mm-hmm. and running with that, sort of trying to keep it simple, but sort of playing with textures and different ways of using the same flavor instead of putting too much stuff on a plate. mm so I, th-
0: I think it it can be a bit of a, a trap that, you know, fine dining or sophisticated chefs can fall into is, is is, using so many flavors on a plate that yeah. one o- like that, that it overcomplicates itself or something overpowers something and, and it becomes overcomplicated. Yeah. and that's something. That so
1: yeah, we try and pick a, one or two, sometimes three flavors, main flavors, and then just run with them and, mm. sort of play with textures and stuff like that instead of trying to add different Mm. bits and pieces to it and then trying to take away from the dish and so take bits away and see if the dish is still good Mm -hmm. and then you can just sort of take it down to the bones and then usually the simpler the better yeah like the cleaner fresher everything
0: yeah and that that type of mentality like it comes with it comes with like a confidence as a chef as well, a confidence in, in, in what you're doing. Like, I think that things... Chefs can hide, you know, hide behind texture and technique. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it does take a certain confidence to be able to just work with a couple of flavours. Yeah, build, yeah. Do a it's a lot harder to yeah.
1: actually get something simple and still tasting really, really mm. good.
0: And that's... Like, that. Uh, that's referred to, you know, as restraint in... In, in you know f- food critics and things like that yeah. it's something that it's something that takes a long time for for chefs to learn yeah
1: I, th- I, definitely yeah, I think it's think. taken taken quite a while
0: yeah <laughs> and so like when you when you go to develop a dish from, for the menu what like what's that process like Where, how does the idea start
1: well usually usually you start with the season so see what's going to be good like th- even this year autumn autumn was late mm-hmm. summer sort of went on so for you sure, couldn't yeah. really just start autumn dishes until until sort of yeah two or three weeks later yeah. um, so you really just got to run with the seasons um, sort of pick something that you can get your hands on that's good and start with that as a main flavor mm-hmm. um, and then just sort of play around with it we used to do stuff like sort of take things you remember from your childhood and make them into desserts mm-hmm. sort of, um, so do like iced Vovo desserts mm-hmm. with coconut and raspberry so you can just start with something like that and then come up with something or just start with one ingredient and sort of yeah. go
0: what, I think what separates good restaurants from ones that are, are maybe trying to reach a level but they're not quite there or something is is having a concept behind every dish yeah. whether or not it's what you're talking about like someone just coming up with an idea like an ice photo, okay let's do that that's like a nostalgic little you know trip back back in time or if the concept is based around finding a excellent product and working with that with other other sort of local products and things to achieve um you know to bring out the best of that that star product and things like that that's that's what the concept where 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 a really good restaurant sort of
1: starts yeah and you see sort of the better ones in the world they spend ridiculous amounts of time on a dish before it sees the menu Mm. we don't have the luxury of doing that here but yeah we try we try, yeah. Of. So you get a
0: bit of testing, and yeah, yeah. And, you know, you don't just chuck it done. on the menu straight of away. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's cool here that you've got like a good team, like you've got John and 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 your other chefs and stuff like yeah. that to bounce ideas. You no, know, we've got
1: a really good team here. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been a really nice place to work. Yeah, um, pretty relaxed, but still everyone pushes hard. Yeah, and
0: do you find? You know, the fact that you guys run a lot of functions here, you know, um, conferences, weddings, and you also serve as a restaurant, Is yeah. it, has that been a challenge for you since you've been here? Yeah,
1: it's definitely a challenge when you've got a couple of functions and then an a la carte restaurant, f- quite a few different menus, getting your head around that kind of stuff is pretty, pretty intense. But mm. it's sort of helped us as well because we try and um, keep our menus pretty much crossing over between a la carte and function you just sort of dumb them down a bit sort of but that and that's helped us with our a la carte menu now mm. instead of trying to over complicate things you find out sometimes the function dishes are better than the restaurant ones yeah. just because they're not as complicated there's not so much going on that's interesting just, so that's where we've evolved over the years i think is yeah. sort of now now they're pretty similar yeah um that's, that's really cool, and that's that's also unique in in the
0: sense that I think a, a lot of places that that serve both functions, weddings and um, a la carte. You know, there's a there's a massive disparity between their a la carte menu and their function yeah. food. And if you can bring the strength of your a la carte menu into your functions, yeah, it means that those guests will be so stoked with what they get. You know Absolutely, I mean? and it's
1: easier on us as well because we don't have to prep two menus. You yeah. sort of just do one and it's good. Yeah. Bring it
0: all in, <laughs> in together. Um, yeah, I guess you know y- you talk about wedding food, and 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 still, still now, like you'll you'll get beef, chicken, beef, chicken, or yeah. or, or, or salmon, salmon, lamb, salmon, lamb, or, yeah. or, or whatever it might be. But, it, um, but but having that sort of extra edge edge of sophistication and it, like interest in the in the dishes and the menu, it's not yeah. just like it's not just the same thing over and over for your wedding. You yeah, want cause it because slapping be out and
1: function move. food can be pretty boring. Food. Yeah. As as you keep it interesting and keep changing it so we change everything with the seasons yeah not just the a la carte menu
0: yeah exactly so. and that's what you want especially for you know for for a big event you want to be like if it, if it is winter you don't want to be sitting here eating a, a, like a light salad you yeah. want something nice and party yeah. yeah and and you want that same experience for all your guests yeah absolutely so yeah that's really cool um so we're talking about the dishes that you gave to us today. Um, lovely, lovely summery flavours. And the first one, the first one's the the chicken and the sweet corn. Do you want to tell yeah. us a bit about that recipe? Well,
1: it started off with just a concept. It was wanted sort of a poultry dish on the menu. So chicken and corn. Everyone's had chicken and corn before. And then just try to think of a few different ways we could plate the dish up. Yep. Um, and we went scouring through some books and found um, a cool recipe for the corn, where you just juice the corn, and then heat it up on the stove, the juice, and it just thickens by itself. With yeah, the natural I've seen because
0: the natural starch in the yeah. corn, and you don't lose any of the that yeah, natural. Yeah, so it's integrity. really sweet yeah. in the
1: corn, um, but nice and thick as well and creamy. Um, yeah, corns an amazing product in that yeah, sense. It really is. It's like
0: it can be the most plain jane thing yeah. but like but the things that you can do with it with the, with the with the different characteristics of the product and then the different varieties of corn out there like i mean some of the stuff that that they do in latin america with corn yeah. is just out of control yeah
1: yeah um, and then so we couldn't just put a piece of chicken on corn and that's it <laughs> so he tried to play around with the chicken and do chicken a few different ways so he did a, a poached piece of chicken which goes on the corn and then um, and the
0: poach the poach you, like how
1: long do you poach that one for? Uh, about sixty minutes. Yeah, so sixty minutes at sixty degrees. Yeah, so a nice slow yeah. poach, just no, keep So it nice so it's only juicy. just just cooked. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really tender, really juicy, mm. and just served at sixty degrees. So it's not a I wouldn't say it's a, not a hot dish. Yeah, just warm, um, which is fine for summer, which was when the dish was on. Yeah. Um, and then um we found a recipe for a chicken you call it a floss it's like a powder yeah you um marinate the chicken in fish sauce and soy sauce and then deep fry it really low until it's pretty much dried out completely right and then blend it up with some herbs and some sesame and it turns into this kind of weird powder that tastes and smells like roast chicken So when you put that on a warm piece of chicken, it starts sort of smelling like a roast chicken. Yeah, cool. Um, and the final piece, we wanted to play around with charcoal and chicken on yep. the dish. So we um, made a brown chicken stock and thickened that up and then spread it out on bits of paper and dehydrate it. And then you deep fry it and it comes out like a chicken chip kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of tastes a bit like a papadum. Yeah, it's got that papadum texture Yeah, texture, texture sort of thing, but yeah. the flavor of a roast chicken as well yeah that's awesome so it's just those two simple flavors and then just played around with the textures and the even the smells that you get when you um
0: yeah exactly and that's and that's what i mean about you know a concept and 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 a bit of creativity because yeah like you're talking about like smells like if you if if you sit there and you you get a dish and and you smell this roast chicken and then you Bite into it, but it's poached and it's a different texture to what you expect. And you yeah, the corn so there, you've got, and yeah,
1: super crunchy through to like a a sort of rougher chicken and a really soft poached chicken at the bottom. Mm. So you get sort of the cross section all the way through.
0: Yeah, I think I don't know, I don't know if it's just from my experience, but it seems in the last few years people are really embracing um, poaching proteins, um, yeah, and 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 sort of infusing, infusing that. Yeah, some cuts of meat really,
1: really works for some. Like a good steak still, I think, still better barbecued. Yeah. <laughs> Can't I beat agree. it. But, and I think sous vide got overused for a few I years agree. there. It was just everything was sous vide. Yeah. And it sort of loses the point on your menu of everything sous vide. Yeah. You sort of just got the same texture everywhere. But um, things like chicken breast and lamb rump, mm. those work so well. They come yeah. out so delicious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's cool. There's a lot to be said for... Just humble poaching, poaching yeah. a piece of piece of meat. Um, so, and then the next dish is another awesome summer dish: the the berries and milk.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was a same kind of concept with strawberries and cream. It was something that everyone knows and everyone likes. Um, and we've got a local raspberry farmer here down on Lake George, the Inca Raspberry oh, cool. Farm. Yeah, who every year delivers us awesome raspberries. Um, and that was a dish as well we had to push back because raspberries didn't come into season for Mm. for a while um later this year um so we just ran with the same same pretty much the same concept as the chicken so it's two flavors and then just trying to the raspberries the king of the dish so we, we use the fresh raspberries that come in just fresh on the plate that's it lots of raspberries yep delicious and everyone and although, loves that when it's put in yeah, front of them there's a plate absolutely. that's just when you don't booming just have like with a raspberries couple. It's not it's just, just, just one or two. of two. Yeah. yeah and then we turn the rest of them into a gel yeah so um and then just played with trying to get some texture into the plate some different um not really different flavours but we started with a, a old menu thing where we made a creme brulee and one day we accidentally... Well, we had to freeze some down. And then we churned it in the packer jet. And it came out just super creamy and delicious. Yeah. So, we had that one day and we're like... Well, oh, that would be perfect on a dish. Just for some creaminess. Like yeah. the, the cream content of the dish. Um, so, we, we chucked that one on. Um, we made a raspberry sorbet with the old raspberries as well. Um, and milk skin was... Sort of a a concept we'd played with a few few menus ago, and we'd never really got it right. But we'd played with a few other different things, like the chicken chicken paper that mm. we did on the chicken dish, um, and we perfected a recipe for it to get really nice crispy. And it's, I wouldn't say it's flavoursome, but it just tastes like milk. Exactly, it, tastes like it, it milk. It's just like, tastes like good fresh yeah.
0: milk. And that's and and when we first got it, I was. I thought it was white chocolate, to be honest. Yeah. I thought it was like shards of, of like set white chocolate. And then I was thinking, what, while we were shooting, I was like, why isn't this stuff melting? Yeah. And then I had a bite of it and it just got that perfect snap to it. Yeah, and it's and, really crispy. And it's cool. yeah, it's just super crisp, like dry, but it melts in your mouth. Yeah. And it's just like it's just milk.
1: Yeah. It's just milk. <laughs> so it's just that dish is just clean. Yeah. It's raspberries, cream, milk, and we do do a white chocolate crumble on the bottom. Yep. Yeah. Um, just to sort of keep everything in place yep on that dish as well we we're using some um wood sorrel which is sort of lemony and fresh a yeah, nice, mm, um,
0: bit of acidity yeah yeah awesome that's a that's a beautiful dish and i i, I can um definitely see why it's like one of your biggest sellers in yeah summer. that was a
1: that was a big one we, yeah because we had it on our function menu as well okay so yeah there'd be a few weeks where you'd be doing a couple of hundred of them yeah
0: You'd um, you almost buy that guy out of his raspberries, yeah. for the summer. Yeah,
1: well, we thought we were getting sort of a big tray every week, and some weeks you would be like, "I don't know how I'm going to use all these raspberries," and then bang, they'd be gone every week. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you like? Is there any anything going on? Like, you
0: guys got always got events and stuff happening here. Have you yeah. got anything else going on? Yeah, we're there? coming
1: up with a uh, uh, Janet Jess is doing a truffle dinner out at um the arboretum yep so we're closing down for a bit here so i've got a bit of time off so i'll be going to cook a course at this dinner oh nice um and we're closed for renovations for a few weeks now yep. which is exciting we'll yeah get the whole place will get a revamp yeah that's cool um so i'm probably just gonna work around a few restaurants here and there yeah do a bit of wine work as well yeah nice um that's cool to, that's a cool way to sort of keep you on your toes I guess a little yeah. bit
0: or just get, get some get some influence and inspiration from other chefs in in, yeah, in Canberra absolutely it, like we're we're in a food it's a food community here we're a small enough place that everyone knows each other yeah kind exactly of. so it is cool that you can you know you can go go hang with Janet for a little while and um, you know do a course in a dinner and then yeah yeah know.
1: I'll be I don't know there's a few places I'll be hanging around but i just sort of take a phone call and come in and do a shift, I guess. Yeah. Not yeah. really planning on working too hard. I want to take some time off. <laughs> yeah, you bloody <laughs> spend it with as well. the family. I mean, this
0: is the time of year to do it, if, you, if you're going to do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, especially if you've got weddings happening in the summer. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd assume you'd
1: be super flat out there. But yeah, it's always pretty much winter's the quietest part of the year. Mm. It's been reasonably busy this year, though, so it's been good. That's good. We're on the way back up after mm. a few quiet years. Yeah, nice. Um, but, yeah, summer's... Always pretty hectic. Yeah. coming into Christmas is just into summer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well that's the game, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right, Alex, man. Thank awesome. you so much. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to my chat with Alex O'Brien from The Boat House. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about the Boat House, you can visit their website, which is theboathouse.restaurant. And if you want more of these podcasts, you can get them on iTunes and Stitcher, or you can visit our website, quicksandfood.com, and go to the podcast link, which will take you to the whole season of The Capital Cookbook 3. If you want to find out more about us, you can follow us on social media at quicksandfood, on Facebook, and on Instagram for the latest news. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.